I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers. Class is officially back in session. We've got another guest speaker episode here for you guys. I got a really amazing guest. The lovely Red Shades is joining us on the Turntable Teachers. Red Shades, how are you tonight? I am doing amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. We had a little talk off air, obviously, uh, you know, just, just going through the sh- day by day, I think is really the motto at this point. And that's uh, all we can do. <laughs> Cause who knows what's happening tomorrow? <laughs> everything, it seems every, it just changes day by day. Right. I mean, with everything it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. But, uh, anyway, we're, 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 we're both breathing. We're here. We're about to talk some, some music and some, some awesome topics. I can't, can't wait to, uh, to break down some things here. But Red Shades, you are so you are originally from Boston. Is that is that correct? Yep, I was born and raised in Boston, but I also like had a a big childhood down in Macon, Georgia as well. I moved around a lot, so like I, I consider myself a, a northern um, country girl. <laughs> I like that. I like the uh, the mix there. I kind of actually hear it in your voice a little bit too. Oh, right? you do? Okay. Some people say that, some don't. They're like, I hear you draw. Like it's certain things that I say have a draw. Some don't. Some's very East Coast. I don't know. <laughs> It's like a cool mix between the two. That's, that's kind of funny. I, I dig that for sure. But one of the big things with you just recently, you just dropped your brand new project, Feel the Aura, which is getting rave reviews. I mean, we, we, were, we reviewed it, I guess. It was a feature on our new Music Friday, and, and I personally loved it. Uh, but I really wanted to talk to you about this project because, like I said, I think it's one of the best projects to come out of the area this year. Uh, no question. Wow, thank you. No, seriously, and that's not even just because you're you're here. I, I swear, and <laughs> that's some other people too. Even uh, I've been sending it to as many people as I can. But um, I just want to, like, you know, kind of get a feel for you, like your inspiration behind the project. You know, your process creating it. Um, you know, what what kind of went into all out of just the really just the creative process? Yeah, great question. So originally, so I'm a I'm a conceptual artist. So something with me, like all my work is interconnected, and it's a continuation of the previous effort. When I first did my debut album, uh, Magnetic Aura, back in 2016, I already knew that my follow-up was going to be a continuation, and I wanted to keep a play on the words with Aura, um, because what's consistent within my brand is like, you know, chilling in the shade, cooling, um, self-awareness, and just, you know, the Aura. And a lot of people would ask me, you know, well, what does that mean to you? What does that mean? So when Magnetic Aura came out, that was sort of like the introduction into who I was and what my Aura was. It was magnetic, right? That's what, at least what I was told. So I was trying to not only get the consumers familiar with that but myself I was younger and everything and then on this follow-up feel the aura was like okay now I'm here I've arrived I need you to feel it now I told you what it was now it's like let's get into it all the way um and Prior to that, I dropped a short EP called Chillin' the Shade EP, and that literally was just like a therapeutic effort for me. I felt like I needed to get that off my chest, a lot of the topics that I did first before I did Feel the Aura. But once the recording process for Feel the Aura came, all bets were off. I was unapologetic. I didn't care about what topics I touched. Um, I revealed, I mean, I tend to always reveal a lot about myself in the music, but this time, like, I, I think 150% just, like, a lot of people was like, you know, what were you on during during this album? Like, you you were talking crazy. <laughs> and and you know what? Um, I listen. I like the relationship I have with my supporters and my fans because they are, you know, they're awesome. But they were like, you know, Red, we want to hear you, like, talk more-ish. Like, we want to hear you talk trash. Like, we feel like, you know, you made your staple here. You need to, like express that in the music and the funny thing is um for the longest time I've been trying to like express the creative side that I had when I was a kid because I've been rapping since I was seven and when I was younger I used to like incorporate voices I would do chopped chopped and screwed uh just you know I looked up to like Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes, all these people and I felt like once I started making music I couldn't really express that until Feel the Aura and I I I I credit that 100% to my engineer, um, International Show. So that's a little bit of what the process was for Feel the Aura. 
Well, the conf- I mean, I feel the confidence, thousand <laughs> percent. Even I did listen to. Um, I haven't actually heard the the what was the your debut album actually? The Magnetic Aura. Got to go back and check that one out. So maybe that'll make sense if I like listen to the. Yeah. Yep. I have heard Chilling in the Shade though. I did love. I did like that too. But I feel the aura was kind of like a, a whoa moment just for me because I was like, you know, I I'd seen your name floating around, but I'm like, damn. I was like, <laughs> Going on the track list, right? Like it started, like they call me Shades. I was like, and I saw the, uh, I think the, uh, it's Lit Guys, didn't they review yeah. uh, the music video for that? Was that yes, they did. Yep. Saw that. And, um, and then it gets like Elevation and from Bahamas to Atlanta. Like Elevation is one of my favorite tracks personally. Like I was. Me all- too. My personal favorite. Yeah. It was crazy. And then when it got to the recipe, I was hooked by that. Like <laughs> I was like. You know what? That makes me smile because um, I'm very meticulous with the track listing and like the order. And yeah. I, was, I specifically was trying to lure you in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you hit it like real quick. You hit like with, with some of like the heavy hitters and then you got into like, a, I thought the, the strategy was good. Cause then you're trying, you're, you're pulling, like you said, pulling some people in with the energy and then, you know, you, you really, but you talked to shit throughout this whole thing. Like, <laughs> I was, I was just on it. Stepping out was another really, uh, one of my favorites as well. I really, the whole thing was just kind of, was, was great. But, uh, for you, like, you know, what was one of your favorite tracks from this album or maybe like a moment for you, like in creating it, that was like very profound. That's, that's in your head. I had a couple of those moments, but elevation, um, you mentioned that that's one of my personal favorites off the project because, you know, I love doing the back and forth. We don't get that often anymore uh, in 2020. But like when you grow up listening to people like Nas and AZ, they have a particular track called How You Living. And um, I used to love that song. And I did the same thing with Oompa from Bahamas to Atlanta, sort of doing that alternating. But, um, you know, that song was more of a conversation. The one with Bakari was like passing the baton back and forth. You know what I mean? And and we had so much fun. And I feel like the writing process for this album was so dope and unique because every feature was recorded in my apartment under red light. That was the rule. And it was in person. So I didn't do a song where they sent me a verse back after hearing what I did to it. It was, here's the beat. We're going to come up with the song from scratch. And I feel like you know, after hearing everybody say the features are so dope, I feel like that is a major reason as to why they are because they were created in person and we played off of each other's vibes, right? So Elevation is definitely one for me. Um, Stepping Out is is a favorite as well just because I was able to get into my like alternative rock pop, like Red Shades type thing. I wasn't rapping at all. Um, so I tell people, I'm like, that's not a hip hop song to me. Um, it's It's really like this like, you know, pop rock, pop, uh, hip hop, hip hop, whatever you want to call it. So um, it was a song that I wrote when I was in a really dark space. And I was just amazed at how I was able to execute how I was feeling and turn it into sort of like a triumph. It was a sad, you know, it came about because I was sad, but it's like, hey, but today I'm trying to break free from this dark cloud type thing. And it resonated with everybody and I'm happy that it did. Cause you know, sometimes as artists, we can make songs that are a personal favorite to us, but it really doesn't catch on with the other people, but it did. And I'd say, in the recording studio with International Show, recording the song Ghost was like a big moment for me because the way he just mixed it and chopped it up, I don't know, the whole album, I didn't, the, the whole recording process was just crazy because the last thing I'll just say is that I had, I recorded um, this album in eight hour sessions. So it was like, Sort of like the Dreamville sessions is how I mirrored this whole experience. I sent invites to all the artists just like the Dreamville did. And, um, you know, I had them come and I said, look, I'm recording from 12 to 8. When can you come through? Pop in, let me know. And I was recording eight hours per day to get the album done. The finished product is there, thousand percent. The <laughs> work that went into it, it, if I feel it now, even knowing the background of this is like, it's really cool. Like I'm, I'm digging this thousand percent. And I, I think there's something to be said, though, on a couple of things you just mentioned. The first would be like having the artists in the studio. That must like being able to play off of each other, especially like you said, the back and forth with Bakari. Mm-hmm. That's probably so much easier to execute or really, I, I feel like it would almost be impossible to execute that. Oh, yeah. How are we going to keep sending back and forth? Yeah. 
Exactly. And uh, we were just talking a little bit off air. Like I was mentioning to you, like, you know, I love, I love the, um, like the accessibility and just the ease to, you know, do the zoom interviews and things like that. Like I, I love it. And I'm, I'm able to talk to more people than I would be able to, but there is something to be said for having people in studio, right? Like that's something that like COVID has really been affecting, unfortunately, but to, I feel, you know, for you to have them in studio, like that energy is different. And then I love the, the, the red light. That's super dope. Yeah. So that, that was the rule. It was like, Hey, I'm inviting you to be on my album, but one, you have to, the writing session has to be in my crib so you could feel the aura and the recording session has to be with my engineer at the studio that I record at. Cause I don't want any leveling issues or I just want it all cohesive. And yeah. luckily that's what happened. So um, all that can be found on my website too, like the whole process of how it came together. All the sessions, the writing sessions are up there and the recording sessions are included too. Oh, all right. Well, we're definitely going to link that in the description for sure in this episode. So click after the episode, click that link. You guys want to hear more and uh, see how to see the process of Feel the Aura. Definitely something, I'll check. I, something I'm checking out right after this for <laughs> sure. Uh, well, maybe after the Celts, but definitely doing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> got, my, got my Celtics on today. But uh no, and then the other thing I wanted to uh, just touch upon that you that you mentioned too was kind of the process of like a song like "Stepping Out," and I think that you know, I, I maybe this is kind of uh, I don't want to say it's like a negative thing, but it's almost like you know those negative emotions and feelings like you don't want to have those, but I feel like with artists in particular, like that's when the best music does come out in a sense, right? Like, or the most personal, or the most you know, most touching and um, I guess relatable to like other people, you know, I, I think that it, you really get that profound feeling when you, when you can sense that, you know, the emotion that an artist put into a song. So obviously I'm not condoning people to go, you know, go through shit and anything like that and, and want them to, but it, it does seem like, you know, your best work comes from your pain because it's, it's release. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen, I love this, my favorite TED Talk, I show it to my students all the time. Have you ever seen uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's um, TED Talk, The Danger of a Single Story? Have you seen that by chance? No, I haven't, but you can send it to me. Okay, so we'll swap that. That'd be great. <laughs> so for anybody that hasn't seen that, uh, she basically, she was joking around because she's an author and she was saying how, uh, you know, growing up, she had heard, you know, oh, um, you know, to, in order to be a creative or to be an artist or an author or whatever, you know, you're supposed to go through something, right? So she used to say, I used to just kind of make up in my head, like horrible things my parents used to do to me, but they never really did. It was just, I had a great childhood. So, but it's, it's just interesting to, to hear that perspective of like, that is almost something that is like glamorized in creative um, like industries, you know, I, I, remember it is. I mean, you know, if you depending on what um, social media, like platforms you use like fans often joke like oh if so like if so-and-so broke up with with this person they're like we're about to get the best album ever because they're heartbroken like that's what i see a lot but i don't know what it is and what the connection is but yeah when you go through something it's like all right now you're, you're more motivated to to do your best i guess i don't know <laughs> no, that's a that's a, I, that's a good point i i agree and like you almost want to channel that into something else like an outlet you know a sense like, yes yes something productive instead of just kind of wallowing in your sorrows, which is, I mean, Hey, like you need, need that for a day or two week, whatever, however long it's fine. But like, you know, you obviously don't want to like stay in that place. So maybe it's a good way to kind of, you know, um, like I said, just kind of get that, get those motions out there onto something on, on paper or into a song, you know, whatever kind of creative pro your creative process is. Yeah. Well, I, two things I two things I also I love the shades by the way <laughs> thank you shout out to fabulize yeah we, we you know um I I get a lot of shades from uh fabulize because they're like hey we we sell shades and we should sell a lot of red ones I'm like well you know what <laughs> on brand I might as well on brand let's do it right if you got the the red light you gotta have you gotta just you know everything red everything red <laughs> they even say that uh red is the most um in terms of color it's like the most recognizable and noticeable. So that's why I guess like stop signs are red and fire trucks are red. And they say like red cars are actually like the most pulled over, I suppose. Wow, that's good to, you know, red, look, red represents a lot. Um, so like it represents fire and passion. That's a part of my name. So, you know. I can, yep. No, I mean, any of our listeners, I'm sure, or fans of Red Shades, I'm sure you know right off the bat, like you're feeling this already. You're feeling that passion. Um, and I definitely get the Missy Elliott vibes too. I can, I can, I can. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit. Not it, it didn't dawn on me beforehand, but now that you mentioned it, I'm like, okay, I can. They're real it. subtle. If you listen, it depends on how you pick apart music, you know. And like I said, this is my first time that I've been able to express it. But um, yeah, I'll save I'll save the end for a song that you'll really be able to hear it in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought in terms of like the production, it wasn't as you definitely don't use like this like same production that a lot of Missy Elliott used. But I guess now that I'm, it's even, more the songwriting because I write R and B, so yeah. it's more it's more that yeah. Even your cadence too, in a sense, like yeah, the way you're even just right now expressing yourself, it just it makes it feel. It, I, I definitely see the the comparison there for sure, the or the influence rather. The influence, yeah, yeah. No doubt, um, but. Another thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about, and it kind of coincides with your album because you had a lot of Boston artists on this album. And uh, so I was just kind of curious, uh, you know, how has living in Boston or in really collaborating within the, the Boston music scene, um, you know, how has it affected you as an artist and really as a person? Because, you know, the Boston music scene is really not one that nationally is known. And I've even found people in Boston don't even understand what we have in our own backyard. It took me you know, 25 years. And then just last year recently, when I was in the middle of uh, thinking, thinking about whether what I was going to do with this podcast, I wasn't sure I was at kind of a crossroads. I almost stopped doing it. And then I by accident got into the Boston music scene and I'm so happy I did. But, you know, so I guess, yeah, my question back to that is, you know, how has it impacted you as a person and as an artist? And, uh, you know, really what, what is the collaborative uh, scene been like for you because you do tech, you do collaborate with quite a bit of people from this from this area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Boston music scene has you know aided in my growth tremendously, and you hit it right on the nail. Like a lot of people right here in their own backyard doesn't even know what's bubbling, what's cooking up, and you know COVID has made it harder to even see what's going on. But pre COVID, which is when I recorded this album, by the way. Um, you know, there was a lot of great things going on. There's like just New England period, but all over Mass, it was like we're all getting different kind of looks. Like, you know, this person might be getting a lot of press. This person, you know, is getting a, a sync a sync placement and, and a producer had a placement on an album like for a major artist. So like I, I often wonder what people consider success because success is... You know what I mean? You know, success is subjective. So um, for me, my success was never validated by being on a record label or, you know, uh, making millions of dollars. But for other people, I think if you're not signed to a deal, if you're not signed, they take it as, oh, nobody's made it out of here. Nothing's happening. There's no infrastructure. There's a lot of things. But you know, like every city, there's a lot of cons. Uh, there's a lot of things that can be improved. But from my experience, my personal experience, the Boston music scene is what has catapulted my career here locally. Um, because not only am I involved in the, the art scene, I'm involved in nonprofit. I'm involved in a lot of different areas in, in Boston. So that was the major difference between Feel the Aura and Magnetic Aura. You know, I did not know anybody when I did my first album. So there were no features on the album. The two collaborators on the album was my mother and my and my close friend. There was there were no other artists. Um, and then on this one, it's like, boom, here's 12. You know what I mean? And and even while having the half of the city on the album, it still doesn't feel like a feature heavy project because I feel like we did those writing sessions and really made an organic song. So it just sounds cohesive. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I feel like the scene is growing every year. When I, you know, I have a lot of like moments where I'm like, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I'm ready to throw the towel in just because it takes a lot out being an entrepreneur in any industry. But, you know, I said, I told my dad, he's, an, he's a big mentor and he can be heard on all the pep talks on my projects. He's on pep talk three on this one. Um, and he's like, you know, I said, I'm going to do this one last time. And I said, I'm going to go hard. I need to go back to the drawing board. So that's when I got serious. I registered my business, trademarked my name, got a business account, all, the whole nines. I started treating it as a business. And, you know, I'm a big believer in divine order and divine timing. And I ended up, you know, getting accepted into the A3C Festival in Atlanta, which is a big hip hop festival down there. And I feel like ever since that happened and we had a big voting campaign and my city voted me in Twin, and I flew down there ever since then, it's been a domino effect and I haven't looked back since. I love that. I love that story. That's, that's incredible. And 
like you said, I mean, it, it's, I, I even I, roughly speaking, I've been in the scene or not, I, I'm not really in the scene, quote unquote, but, <laughs> you know, like observing the scene, I guess is the better word for it. And, and trying to, you know, give you know, people in the scene a platform to, to speak and things like that. But, uh, you know, I've even noticed like every day, like, or every week I'm coming across somebody new that I didn't know about, or, uh, you know, it's really, it's really kind of crazy because, uh, it's even a funny story too, because I, uh, I'm good friends with, uh, now good friends now with Heath 240 and he put me on to, to Sean Taylor mm-hmm. and I wrote to Sean before, before, uh, you know, being introduced to Heath. And then, so it's so funny though, because I'm listening to your album and I'm like, oh my gosh, to Sean Taylor. So I hit up Heath and I, I hit him with, with the track and I'm like, oh, your boy jumped on this, this Red Shades album and it's. It, it, it's amazing by the way and he like he dropped a dope verse and blah 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 and he's like oh i've heard this i've never heard it like red shades i'm like well bro you gotta get on it because it's like it's crazy but it, but it's so cool to like to at the same time though because two dope artists that like i know of and or like i mean heath i'm good friends with he doesn't even know about you and vice versa so it's just like it's, it's just wild that there is this much talent here and like i said before like yeah who knows about it so the thing is i want you can attribute one half of that is because people are not researching yeah if you i don't feel like you should be able to speak on the scene if you're not in it you can't say oh there's nothing here this is not going on i'm like i don't see any of you guys at the shows because that's what we often joke about online on facebook and instagram it's like all these people complaining we're like no wonder you're not out here we never saw you we know who our fans are we know the people that come out and support buy the merch never heard of you never saw you that's why you don't know us not for your friend but in in general right And so, and so, um, then you get the other hand where it's just, there's talent's not the issue. There's just so literally there's a plethora of artists here, but in, because of marketing or whatever it is, not everybody's on social media. Some people get, they get their music different kind of ways. It, it, you know, you're just not going to know if you're not a person that reads articles, you're just not going to know. You know what I mean? I I got it where, you know, a, a large percent of my fans at the end of last year found out about me their first time seeing me was at the Boston Music Awards. They were like, I never, they were like, I never heard of you, but I'm a fan today moving forward. And then there's people that's been rocking with me since 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So uh, for a lot of people, they think, you know, we're new artists and we're upcoming and, and all that. And that's false. But we get to to you guys, if you're just finding out, then yeah, we're new to you. You know, so that's why I still perform songs off Magnetic Aura today, because it's always going to be new to somebody. Exactly. You know, well, that's how I really got in, immersed in it was I started going to shows. I started going, uh, it was Labor Day of last year. I started going, like really going into the, you know, into the shows and then the last, you know, leg of the year last year. That's really what I was doing. I was kind of going to a bunch of these shows and meeting different people. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And that's when it kind of hit me where I was like, you know, I'm such a, I've, I've just kind of seen myself as such a music head my whole life, but I almost felt embarrassed that I didn't know about everything that was under my nose in my backyard, right? In so your like, backyard. thousand percent. So like, that's why for me, it was just kind of like an eye-opening moment. And that's why, you know, we, I, I personally just wanted to transition the show to like, you know, focus not focusing on the scene, but like definitely giving it, it giving it its due diligence because like you said, there is a lot of, a lot of dope artists in, the, in this area and there's more coming up all the time but also there's some that have been established for 5 10 15 years and you just open your eyes a little bit you know yeah. like, the glasses so it's just one of those things where like you know it really the research part of it really is important i think that's like a a, a good uh point that you made for sure and i i did I, in doing my research with you speaking of which i did notice notice that you are really embedded in a lot of these uh non-profit thing uh you know uh events and things like that i like you even did um, how to jumpstart a music career in Boston or whatever. Tell me a little bit about that. I was very curious when I saw that, like what that was all about. Oh yeah. So this happened at the top of the year pre COVID too, which I, I was like, wow, you know, I can't, it seems so long ago, but you know, I'm, I give a lot of advice to a lot of these upcoming artists out here um, because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like laying down a blueprint of what it's like to be an independent artist. I don't have any backing. I actually, I don't have any team machine behind me. Um, I study the business of this, which is ever changing. And a lot of these things, obviously with the help of, you know, freelancers and stuff like that. But as far as the back end logistical work, it's all been myself. Um, I don't really have help when it comes to sourcing press 
press when it comes to pressing up CDs, all the stuff. It was something that has always been me and my dad. Um, and because he used to be in a rap group when I was a little girl. So I learned a lot from him. Um, and yeah, for, for me, uh, I realized like when we would go to a lot of these underground hubs, like the Mad Music Mill and Dorchester Art Project, we, I would, people would always ask me like, how do you do what you do? How did you get to where you're at? And I have aspirations of after this music life of being like a life coach and, and giving seminars and webinars. And, you know, before COVID, I was speaking at a lot of colleges and um, I was like, you know what? I'm getting a lot of questions and I see that a lot of people really don't know how to get started. So for me, you know, people always say, oh, you, you know, they always give you like that bigger picture type thing. And I wanted to show people how to get your feet wet because of what you just said. People don't know about their resources in Boston. I always see people complaining about the lack of resources, no community, no support, which is false because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to accomplish half of what I did if that were true, because most of this has happened because of you guys. So, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do, um, a workshop how to jumpstart a music career in Boston. I wanted to let everybody know who the movers and shakers were in the city, who the journalists were, um, how to register yourself as a business, how to different ways to get revenue, you name it. How to, um, what was one of the, the major things uh, too? Oh, how to become a certified artist in Boston, which then gives you access to artist housing in the city. These are things that nobody knows about. And I'm like, well, why not? So why not put together a workshop that, condenses all of that information in one. And it was just something I tried and I linked up with Dorchester Art Project, which I'm on the advisory board of them now. I wasn't at the time. And um, we just did it. We said, let's see who shows up. And we literally didn't have that many seats open. It was over capacity. There were like a hundred people there. It was only 40 seats. And it was just a great moment. There's a picture of that, like on my Instagram, you can see, and it was a great night. People, we did a little survey after people said they learned so much. And, and that's what really fulfills me. Like my self-fulfillment comes from helping other people and putting them on. And I want to see other people flourish as well. And I'm a teacher. I put a lot of lessons in my music underlying over catchy beats. So, you know, um, that's just what, what I came up with. And I, I did multiple ones. So That's awesome. I love that. I think that it's in like what you said too, it, it doesn't, I guess the number of people that, you know, went doesn't really matter. It really just depends upon how many people did you did touch. You, uh, touch exactly. And even if that number is one, that's okay. You, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah. Learning. I never focus on views and plays and listens and all that, but it really spoke volumes that night to see it over capacity because of that very thing we just spoke about. There's no love here. There's no scene. There's no community. That's a lie. It's it's it sounds like a cop out at this point to me. Yeah, um, I really feel like it is. It doesn't. I don't know because I've I've heard this like when I re, like was getting into it recently, uh, not recently, but like when I first started, that was kind of like the the message that was being received, and I in, in my eyes, and I was kind of like hmm, I don't know. And then I, I've done over the last year or so, done more research, and I've realized like no, there is more resources here than people realize and understand it's just a matter of like you said tapping into them and knowing where to get them and and they're probably frustrated because their careers haven't taken off how they would like so now you're complaining if they were in articles if they were receiving some of the things that we receive let's see if they would be saying the same thing and also if you're looking for boston to be in atlanta or in la then obviously no we don't have the same things that they have but we don't need to have like there's other ways to get your career off the ground and that's more so what the workshop tries to teach that's, that's amazing. As, as cause I'm from coming from a teacher's perspective, I, that's like huge to me. Cause like you're, you're helping people that are, you know, young, young adults, or it really didn't even matter the age, but like you're helping people, you know, really find a, a path there. And that's really the, at the core of education. It's like why I do what I do with, with everything that I, you know, when I teach, I coach, I do this podcast, it's all kind of meant to do teachable moments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that really huge. So I guess, I guess my question, uh, follow up to that would be, um, if you had any advice, like if you had like a really, um, like one piece of like profound advice you would have for someone starting their music career in Boston, because it's interesting, like that we're talking about this because as we speak, uh, we're about, I'm about to launch, um, an initiative with Jay Faith over in Lowell, who, uh, just started up this, um, this, this movement called right mind. And his focus is to do exactly what you're, what you're saying is to provide resources to people that 
don't know where to go or don't know how to how to start potentially and and just we felt like it was a good um you know good partnership because of our brand and everything mm-hmm. so i'm really interested to, uh, to to have this conversation but um i guess yeah that's my question is is what advice would you possibly have for someone that is trying to start a music career it doesn't have to be in boston it can just be it can be anywhere but um yeah. yeah, specifically. Yeah. For me, I always say you have to research and study your market. You have to look at trends. There's going to be a lot of trial and error seeing what works. Cause like I can give you a list from one to five, right. And you can do all of those things and your music might not resonate with the listeners and who can you really be mad at? You know, sometimes I think we have to look inward. A lot of times it's always blaming, Oh, Boston didn't do this or this city didn't do this. Enter any city. Right. But you have to really study and research your market. I wouldn't give any advice that I didn't give myself or or do myself. Um, that's what I had to do because I was frustrated for a while. Like, you know, hey, I'm I'm crossing all my T's, dotting all my I's, but like what what is the last step that I'm missing? You know, I had a visibility issue. You know what I mean? And half of that had to do with my social anxiety, but the other half I was like, well, who are the people I need to know? Because I was like, these shows that I'm doing, these are not cutting it for me. Once I, you know, did something different, I ended up going down a rabbit hole and meeting all these people. I'm like, oh, this is where everybody's been hiding. So I would definitely say study your market wherever that is. Um, I would definitely say make sure that you're consistent. And and let me just make that be known. Like that doesn't mean just put out quantity over quality. You know what I mean? But stay consistent. Like you want to have your name in everybody's mouth because word of mouth is always going to be the number one form of marketing to me. That's all I had before all these articles. That's how people knew who I was, or at least heard my name. Like you said, floating around, it's word of mouth. Um, And obviously we're in COVID times now, but shows are really what got my name out there. Um, I didn't see this type of response until I was hitting up festivals and and these big shows and and Oompa put on a show one time and that opened up my fan base to a completely different fan base. um, But it was definitely networking. People say that and networking is not jumping in somebody's DM and saying, hey, check out my music or liking 10 photos and then then saying, hey, let's work. And you don't even know if we complement each other's sound. That really grinds my gears. Networking is literally building relationships, but then maintaining those relationships and being genuine about those relationships. And that's something that I don't think people get. But, um, you know, I always say talent is like 10%, unfortunately, in this business, because if you're doing music for a hobby, cool, do what you want. But if you're trying to have lucrative income and monetize your career, a lot of things come into play and talent is a small portion. You got to have charisma. You got to have a personality. So you, I think you got to look at your overall brand. Uh, this is a lot of information, but it's a lot of work. It's not easy to just, you can't just wake up and say, oh, I'm going to do music. I'm dope. Everybody needs to support me. You're not entitled to support. So my number one, I'd say my last advice would be drop the artist entitlement. As a, I guess I look at it from a different perspective because I'm, you know, we, we, we're on a podcast over here, but it's kind of in the same breath because, you know, I, I, I kind of, something that I had to learn early on too, with, with being an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship was not something that I ever thought I would, I would be envisioning myself even attempting to be quite honest. And, uh, my friends, I guess, disagreed. They used to talk behind my back that I should, but yeah, here <laughs> we are. But, uh, it, that was, that was something too, where it was like, you know, like one, not only trusting the process, but yeah, making, uh, we've only grown because of exactly what you're talking about is creating those genuine relationships. That's the key. It really is. And, you know, for us, I I actually mentioned this in the coronavirus episode that I did, uh, um, how the coronavirus has impacted uh, the music industry that that came out about a week ago uh, from the time uh, time recording this coming out tonight. But um, in terms of, of that, like I was kind of seeing in terms of, of making the relationships was really like the important part of it. And, you know, I even talked a little bit about in that episode, like etiquette and like when you're going to DM certain people, right? Like it it can't be, Hey, check out my song. Like, cause I get that. I personally get those DMS all the time, every week. It's exhausting. The people that actually like send me like like emails that are like trying to like hey i listened to your episode they like point something out potentially in the episode or whatever like about the show you know and then they they actually like make the time to make a general like connection 
those are the artists that I typically like give the most attention and listen to. And then they're the ones that most likely always end up on this show. Like I talked about it even with uh, Taha the Phoenix. He was another guy. He, I've never heard of this guy in a million and one years. And he sent me this so articulate and like just polite email. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, here, here's my, and then I'm checking out this guy's stuff. I'm like, he's opened up for Pusha T. Like he, this guy's dope. This is great. Like people you don't know about and they're doing great things, huge things. And so you can't say, oh, I don't know you anymore as a, as a disc. Right. Really. <laughs> exactly. But you know, it, it, like for me, it's, but that, that's really the key is exactly what you're talking about is, is, you know, make, like you said, making those gen, genuine relationships and connections that like you said, it cannot just be, Hey, come check out my, my, my new track. Like I, I get those DMS too. And I'm like, well, what do you think? I I'm still trying to get myself off the ground. I get free game all year long, but as far as your music, I mean, I, there's not really much I can do with it, you know? And in COVID, it does make things harder, but there's so there's so many virtual events. I would say apply that same thing. You should pop into a bunch of open mic virtual events, you know, get your stuff out there that way. Find out who threw the event. You can do it that way, you know? Exactly. Well, amazing free game from Red Shades. <laughs> gave a lot. That was awesome. That was a great answer. Uh, so I definitely want to ask last on this topic. Who are some of your favorite Boston artists or not even Boston? We'll say, we'll call it like Massachusetts, New England. Just, just from this general area, who are some of your favorite artists that either you've worked with or that you just enjoy their music? Uh, yeah. who, should, who should the people, besides, you know, who we've put on lately and, and you, of course, who, who should the people be listening to? Definitely. And I wrote this down because every time I get asked this question, I'm, I, I go, oh, I get stumped. It's one of those things where like yeah. you, you, you almost blind. There's too many. And then I'm like, oh, I should have said this person, but. I would definitely say um, C4, um, Clark D. Clark D is dope, man. Yeah, yeah. He's very musically gifted, just in general. Oh, yeah, just all around musician. Yep, yep. I heard him. I heard his podcast on CWDFB, actually. That he just yeah, did. I listened to that one too. Charlie, Charlie's That's nice. You listen to you listen to a lot of podcasts, huh? I'm a. I mean, yeah, I'm a podcaster. So just yeah. I, I do it for a couple of reasons, it, uh, not to go off on this tangent, but like I listen to podcasts for not only just like different ideas and, and um, so I, I just like hearing like how other people run their shows, right? It gives it, it really, uh, I'm always looking to improve on what I'm doing in, in my craft. Like I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect. Like you said, like I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, push my, uh, the show and, and yeah. get I want to get. I'm nowhere near I want it. You know, I almost don't feel like uh, some people, you know, look at us as a, um, as an, as, an, as an authority figure, I'm like not even close. Like we're not even close to there yet. But I just like hearing what not only what other podcasters are doing, and but I like hearing just in general what's going on now in like the scene. And 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 I respect so much. Shout out to Charlie. He does a fantastic job with his podcast. Really, really. Oh, fun. I love. He gives some of the best interviews. We actually went to high school together. So yeah. So I remember his his rap days because he all he often references it in his interviews. I was around when. He was rapping, you know? Okay. Yeah. So we go way back and I was on his show too and had a great time. I told him there, I was like, you give really great um, interviews. Awesome. And, uh, but yeah. If I, and then I love, I'm a big fan of like singers. So like, I love people like um, Sonamai and uh, Eva Davenport, obviously Kasia LaVon. She's in my band, but she's a solo artist as well. Um, there's tons, tons of people, but I, I gave you about five. So Yeah. <laughs> totally fine five is perfect but um yeah no those that, that's definitely i obviously heard ava on your uh on your album and um and Ka you said cassia is that was that was the other one too or no Kasia levon levon yes. yeah yeah she's on the album too yes but uh yeah no that's, that's a great list I, I love it uh the boston guys people there's there's plenty in the scene i mean so much go Go check out, you know, any of the past episodes in our catalog if, if you're new to the show or like go check out C-Dub TFB. He has a, uh, so many great artists on that show. There's, there's so many different platforms and, and, and ways to get educated on the scene here. So super important, I think. And um, But you definitely have gotten some recognition from some big publications that I've, I've been seeing in the last couple of months. And, you know, you've been on, you were on Up Rocks, you were on Hot 90, uh, 96.9, but you were in the Boston Herald. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, WGBH, like you were on, even you had an interview with BU. I mean, you've been kind of all over. So 
um, you know, what has the new kind of recognition for you? Like, how has that kind of felt for you? Like, is that, is that a, a, a place you're comfortable yet? Or is that something you're still kind of navigating? Definitely still navigating that. And uh, I often talk about, I have a lot of songs like um, with dealing with the newfound fame, if that's what you want to call it. Um, But I'm also like, when I hear it listed off like that, I'm like, oh, holy cow. I'm like, okay. You know, I now I'm so, because people often tell me like, you got to realize how we view you. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't. I'm like, I don't, because for me, I'm still going to always be that goofy, you know, Shay. That's my nickname and stuff like that. But then I'm like, oh no, I'm actually like looked as, looked at as like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but with these publications, I'm very proud. I'm like, some of them I don't, I'm not even aware about. Like if I post about it and I'm like, if I say, wow, I didn't even know, I didn't know. Okay, it's not, I'm not doing that for effect. Like I had no idea I was going to be in Up Rocks. Um, that's a site that I used to read a lot back, you know, a couple years back. Um, that's like a huge platform. So I was like, so grateful for that WGBH. Like I was like, I, you know, I actually made that article. I was on the list twice. So I'm like, wow. The, the biggest thing to me is that my music and my art is resonating with people, but like, I didn't know it was going to get all this coverage and whatever's yet to come because like in my previous efforts, I never got this much like press, like the chilling and shady P is when I started, when press started like picking up and, and covering me, but feel the aura just took the, like took the cake. Um, it's still like, it's been out for a little over a month now and people are still listening to it. They're still writing about it, which speaks volumes to me because 2020, this new generation is so microwavable and you get a project, especially a project as long as mine done, done deal. But the fact that people are still playing it, still tagging me, you don't know how grateful I am. Like, and that's, that's like, like it's super special to me, but yeah, with this whole, with each like article, I guess I, I feel like I am getting a little like more known and that is never going to be normal to me because I just like to make music. I never wanted the fame part. Um, so I am very low key. Um, so I, I do it. I think I do a good job of I'm here. You see me, I'm out, I'm on social media, but I don't give away too much. Um, but I like to balance my time and, uh, you know, just being normal is, is important for me. (laughs) It's definitely a beautiful thing to just keep into yourself in a sense, right? Yeah, like I, yeah. I have those days too where like, you know, cause I, you know, obviously do this podcast, people know I teach a coach, like I'm just interacting with people all day long. And it's, yeah. it's not, I mean, I'm a personal person. Like I, I enjoy that aspect of my career. Like that is, you know, why I do what I do. I, you know, I, I love it, but there has to be that balance, obviously. Like, you know, you, have yeah. to, you don't have to be in the limelight and the spotlight the whole time, right? And nobody's meant for that. But, Nobody's enough for that. Right. But and on the other breath too, like you gotta, you gotta like take in all these, I mean, like I, as I was reading it off too, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is pretty impressive. Like, this is great. Like MTV, Boston, Boston Herald, like. Yeah. Like I, I just haven't, cool. it's been happening back to back to back to back. So I try to explain to people that I haven't processed the last feat yet because I'm still trying to take all of this in while still trying to do music while still working. I'm a video producer by day. Like, um, and then I'm an artist development director with TWHT out in Cambridge. Like, so there's a lot of things going on. So if I wake up and I see this and it's in this paper and this, and I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm just like, huh, huh, huh. And, and I haven't been able to process everything yet. So, but it's great. I'm super grateful though. Um, it's hard to get used to even though it's been happening consistently for about a year and a half or so. Um, I just remember always being overlooked in the city. And and that's not a negative thing, not saying people weren't, it's not that they weren't supporting me. It was just, I was overlooked. Um, and so now to be getting all this attention so fast all at once, it's a lot. Well, yeah, it's gotta be humbling, but also like satisfying at the same time. Yes, right? yes, yes, for sure. Sure. And, but, and there's a, one, one thing you mentioned that I want to come back to a little bit that I've, I've noticed it's, and I, I think it was like, saw like a meme about this or something like that, but it was, it was funny. Like, uh, it was, I think the meme was like, you know, artist comes out with an album and then the next week, like fans are like six. So like, when's the next album coming out? Right. Like, Yo, yes. I'm like, <laughs> I slaved over this for a year. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I gave you guys 19 tracks. That's what happened. So like, 
Uh, that's I strategically, I was like, I'm giving you a full length body of work. I'm on everybody's project. Like, cause I'm on a bunch of features too. I'm like, I'm giving you all this stuff. I better not hear one person for at least a year say, all right, what's next? What do you mean? What's next? I gave you a music video. I gave you two and it hasn't even been two months yet. There's still surprises coming out within the next two weeks. Like, I don't know, but they're like, all right, so what else are you doing? What else? People are like, so what else are you up to? I'm like, what am I not up to? This oh. is why I be hiding. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I love that. It's, it's, it's true. It's amazing, though, that, that you've said this is a microwavable culture right now, or society. Yeah. That we're like, we just cycle, or we cycle through everything. It's yeah. so it's really so for you for you it must be great to like still see people posting feel the aura and that people are still bumping it like that is especially public. locally too you know yes yes and in this climate right i mean when you could yeah. people are so quick to just be on to the next you know song or album like every week they're like okay well what's next what 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 mm -hmm. is coming out this week it's like i'm still listening to last week's stuff yeah so the fact that you're telling me you still listen to the album, that's great. You know, uh, like that, those are things I'm also uh, like, I get satisfied by engagement. It's never about, oh, I got 50K plays on this. This has a million views. I don't care about any of that. Right. Did you, if a if hundred people watched it and, and 70 people say, you know, this touched me, um, that's, that's all I need. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes, kind of goes back to, you know, what you were talking about with your, how to jumpstart a music career, uh, mm -hmm event that you did like that's our seminar that's that's really at the core like I agree with you like you know when I get my new you know kids in front of me or virtually however this year ends up going yeah. uh you know I, I kind of have that same breath like the the goal is to inspire motivate right like mm -hmm. it's in front of me but the reality is I might not I might not be the teacher that does it I mean in, I hope so in theory like that's really my goal but if I can reach 10 five two of them right and like you know that and and they remember me or or are they you know um I, I teach them something that they take with them the rest of their lives like that that really is the most important thing even if it's just one or, or two or a handful of those students that like that's that's when it means the most you know what i mean so like and and you it's the same way as as an artist like you know i'm sure like, you know when certain people are probably dming you like hey like this this song or this album like got me out of the rut I was in or like this really like have and that it made me cry almost I was like wow so that's happened to you before like you always yeah especially with this album though but like because I, I tend to put a lot of myself and personal issues in my music so you know on the last project no resentment was a big one for people that really hit them because it talks about you know strained relationships with family members but stepping out is a song and and um still i love you those are the two songs that people have tagged me and wrote to me personally about why this has helped them get through this this that and the third all the time the beautiful thing when that can happen when you can really resonate with with fans and, and people that are consuming your music i think that's that's got to be the most one of the most satisfying things for sure to to get that not i think that that probably means a lot more than like oh yo your album's dope like it's it plays all through blah blah if you're getting somebody that's like like this song really this is like, why your album's dope and this is why that's well, why i appreciated the review that you guys gave because it was like we love it, but these are the pieces why we love the album. I love reading that, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do. That's, that's the goal. There's only, so, you know, there's only so much music to go around, but at this, or there's, there's too much even. But, you know, that, I, I definitely felt like you, know, you definitely needed your due diligence because, of course, like we've talked about throughout this episode, the, the album is just is, is one of the best that I've, I've heard from the area this year. That I really, really believe that. Uh, go back in any of my other episodes. I have not said that. I believe that. <laughs> I swear he's like i'm telling you i'm telling you <laughs> telling everybody this right i was i was pumped to have you on i was telling my producer sam today i was like we're getting red shades on <laughs> i appreciate you yeah for sure um and one of your other songs that i personally resonated with and, and liked a lot from you i was self uh care 18 and <laughs> I, I love your sentiment here just so my my question is i mean i'm somebody that uh, you know, really is, is big into mental health and uh, someone that's dealt with anxiety for a lot of my life. And, you know, really um, just, just really just, again, like struggled with it, but also it's, it, it's taught me a lot as well. 
Um, and, and I've realized, especially during these times, you know, self-care is, is huge. It's always important no matter what. But I was curious, you know, what does your self-care look like in your opinion? And, and then maybe talk to me a little bit about like the, uh, the importance of mental health awareness in maybe in general, but also in music as well. Yeah, for me, like it's it's super important. And it's like, I was living really fast a couple years ago. And that's how I knew I was out of alignment. You can always tell your body will talk to to talk to you, um, as well as your 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 mind. And for me, it's definitely like taking time to smell the roses. So like work life balance is super huge for me. So like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that for whatever reasons, it makes it look like, you know, I'm always busy, always working as far as on social media because of seeds that I planted months and years before and everything comes out at the same time. But behind the scenes, I take that time off away. Like I'm not answering any emails. I'm not looking at DMs. I'm spending time, you know, with my family or my girlfriend or wherever. I'm going to a cookout and just doing that. Like I don't want to be red shades hundred percent of the time and that's not possible because I couldn't give you guys my best self um, you know it it's you know a lot of people when they say so okay you think of like the bubble baths and all that type of stuff and that's a part of it too but it's you know uh, a skincare regimen um, a good hair regimen um, reading and just taking time to know you I talk a lot about self-awareness and 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 you know you don't have to be perfect just like accepting all of those flaws and just trying to work on things and unlearn a lot of like past behavior that might be detrimental to your your mental health and I'm still learning new things every day but I think for me the the number one thing is like balance and taking time to smell the roses Absolutely. I love that I love that analogy and uh, yeah, I, I agree the same way. Like I'm somebody that recently, not recently, but within the last few years, I uh, really got into hiking. Like that was like a big thing for me personally. Like there's something about like pushing myself to climb a 3000, 4000 foot mountain and do like a, you know, a 10 mile thing, like and being just dead exhausted, like physically afterwards. But what it does to me mentally is so like, it, it's, it's, it's better than any, you know, regimen or whatever that I've ever done for my mental health, just be just me personally, because it's, it's, it really, it calms me being out in nature, but it also like just the act of hiking, actually, I, I look at it as almost a metaphorical way of like, literally climbing the mountain to get to like your goal or get to the summit, right? And then yes. you reach that goal. And then you have to climb back down though. And there's, and there's a process with that as well. Like you can't just, it, there's nobody can stay up at that summit all the, all the time, right? They're happy, to, happy all the time. Exactly. There's going to be peaks and valleys and all that. And I just, there's, and then there's just part of me that, you know, as I'm trudging up this mountain and this happens every single time I do it, I'm halfway up and I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Right. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be here right now. I'd love to just be in my bed, like, you know, doing nothing. But I know that for me, like as a person, it's good for me. Right. And then I'm like, no, nah, this is good. I'm going towards a goal. And, and, and then I, I become more productive afterwards. And you know, it's just, I think what you're saying is so important because everyone should just find the one or handful of things that they use as tools to combat mental health, We're all dealing with it right now in different ways. Uh, you know, say what you want. I mean, men out there, you know, tough men, you're going through it too. Trust me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're human. Exactly. It's part of the human experience to deal with all, all the things, you know, all these, these types of feelings. And you know, it, it really is, you know, it really just for your overall health. You're right. Like your body will talk to you if, you know, your, 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 your mental and your emotional, they're not in sync. Like it's, it's so true. Like it's I, all connected to me. It really is. It really and is. I love what you said about nature. Cause that's something that, um, I did a lot over the, you know, uh, this pandemic is just being outside and taking um, advantage of nature. Cause look, now it's getting cold again. <laughs> so I'm so happy. Like I did a lot of like outside activities, bike riding and you're right. Like when you exercise it, just releasing those endorphins, it just feels so good. You know, I think that was the good thing about this pandemic. I mean, not that anything was like, not to say it was good, but I just feel like with, with this whole, this whole situation, I think some of us, or I hope, you know, kind of realize what was important in life and, and, and trying to cherish some of these little things, smell the roses, as you're saying. And that's smell like, the roses. We're so go, 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 myself included, like in the past years. And once I started getting older, I was like, no, that's not what matters. And I'm not happy. 
So oh, yeah, that, that is, that is so huge too. like to understand, like, look at yourself. Say, am, am I happy doing what I'm doing? And, and if I'm not, how do I, how do I fix it? Cause like yeah. people are just okay with, you know, st- staying in the same, it's like, what's that, what's that saying? It's like, uh, you know, doing the same thing every time and stupidity really is like doing the same thing every time. And yeah. result. it's like, if you're gonna, if you're a go, go, go person, like you have to shut off at some point. Right. And yeah. I'm the exact same way as you, like, you know, I, Obviously, like I've mentioned all the things I do in my life before this, like that, it takes a lot of time to, and I want to make sure I'm doing the best job I possibly can at everything that I do. But in order to do that, right, has to, there has to be balance there, that work-life balance. We, we talk about a lot about that a lot um, in the teaching realm too, because you can tend to get, that's a, that's just definitely a, a profession that people get very wrapped up in. And, and um, you know, it's not like that normal, like, okay, eight to five desk job, like, there's always something to do in teaching. And like one of the things you learn really early on is like, you know, you can't do it all. It's impossible. Like I could you need help. Exactly. Yeah. You need help and asking for help. That's the big thing too. Like not being someone that's just like, Oh yeah, I got it all figured out. I don't know what I'm doing. Like that used to be me. And I was like, no, you need help. You need to and not be afraid to ask for help. You know, thousand percent. No, it's, it's, it's so important. So, um, I, one of the, I have like one more question before my final question. <laughs> favorite question but uh, I want to talk to you a little bit more about like the we talked a little bit about the pandemic and um, I noticed you had plans for busted out Boston did you so did you ever end up getting to do that I guess that was because that looked really interesting when I was doing some research on it I was curious if you ever got to run it or um, and really how the pandemic maybe has you know impacted your music career or your career in general yeah so bust out Boston is a festival that celebrates um women and non-binary um artists and so it was a festival that existed before me but i was luckily enough to be approached by the organization this year to be a co-producer so it was myself brandy blaze jasmine red um and some of the original um producers of that festival um so no due to COVID, it wasn't able to happen it was supposed to happen around august Um, And so they decided to take this year to sort of pivot and figure out what to do for next year. Um, So that was something I was like really excited about too, because that was like another title under my belt, um, being a co-producer of a festival, which was going to be great because I have a great ear for talent and we were going to be able to source through the applications and we were going to get a lot of different kind of artists on the bill you know, as well as, as well as, um, perform too. So no, that didn't get to happen. And to answer the second part of your question, um, you know, feel the aura was going to be accompanied by a movie. Um, I have a background in film and video. Um, you know, I'm a video producer at my day job and that there was, there was this big thing, a part of the, the feel the aura experience. And so it was going to show, um, my journey from basically day one until now and the underlying theme was going to be delayed gratification obviously due to the pandemic um, we couldn't shoot Um, literally when we decided we had to put a hold on production i was like in a production call for the movie the script is already ready to go i made um when i made my announcement about the album coming um that's all in there so like you literally i'm helping consumers just follow this album process from the beginning all the way until now. So like a lot of things were supposed to happen, which didn't. So I had to get really creative, which is why I had a live produce album listening party. We had the cake. We had, um, you know, you got to hear from the engineer himself. You got to hear from the graphic designer and see the album taken apart, all type of things. But that was supposed to be a, pro- uh, a movie premiere. And um, so unfortunately that didn't get to happen. Obviously I couldn't really shoot music videos. So that's why I did an animated music video, which hit really well um, online. Yeah, people seem to love that. And so, thank you. Yeah, and so yeah, there's a lot of things that I had to like, like I said earlier at the beginning of this, you had to go back to the drawing board. Like even people like myself were affected and I was like, you know what? Well, I'm not gonna let that stop me. People still need to hear this music because it could potentially help heal people. So. I still went forward, but yeah, I was faced with uh, a lot of challenges with this rollout. It, it turned my rollout upside down. Yeah. But you adapted. That's really the big word we've been using around here is like adaptability within yeah. 
this time. And, and it sounds to me, even though, cause there's two different ways to look at that. It's like, ah, crap, that stinks. Like can't do shows. Can't do, you know, my, my way I wanted to roll up my album. Mm-hmm. Can't do, you know, can't co-produce an event. Like what the heck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, or you just, you know, say this does suck and, and, and acknowledge that and, and, you know, have your, your day or whatever to, to feel sorry for yourself, whatever. But then it's, it's, train keeps moving, right? Like train just- keeps moving. And I'll let you in on a little a secret. And I, I kind of said it on a post months at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, but I, I'm probably one of the only artists enjoying this break from performing um, during the pandemic. Like performance, not like my favorite thing to do, even though people are surprised because they say I turn into a monster on stage. Once I'm up there, and my, you know, my adrenaline gets going and, and my anxiety goes down. I love it because I miss the in-person interactions and be able to see the fans in person and them talk about why they enjoyed the performance. But the stress, everything beforehand and all the prep, um, I don't, I don't like I'm enjoying this break because like I said, my life was go, go, go. Every other day, somebody was asking me to be on this bill, which is great. That's money. That's more connect, you know, that's connection with your fans. But people tend to forget, like I said, I don't have a machine behind me. So if I'm working my day job, my side job and music, which is another full time job because I'm doing everything in the back, I'm tired and I'm drained. So once this, like you said, and I think this is like the common theme throughout this whole episode is like it gave us time to sit back and smell the roses. I was able to spend much more time with family, much more time with my loved ones. Um, and, and I'm happy because I'm family oriented. So that made me happy. And I'm not like, I see a lot of my peers, they're so sad and I feel so bad for them because, you know, they're like, I got to perform. I, you know, I, I need to be back out on the stage and I'm here at home. Like, you know what? I'm enjoying this break. I, I think I was moving real fast and I needed this. That, that's like, I think a good sentiment for this episode and really for yeah. this one take take a breath relax smell the roses that's i love i love that sentiment that's great yes, yeah so awesome. and, and i think it's really amazing too what you were i mean i'm sure you will be involved with it at some point but i love the initiative of bust uh, bust out boston i think that's super great too it's just in this climate it's so important just the to understand that you know we all if we all come from different backgrounds and we're all different human beings but at the end of the day you know we're all looking for that common goal of you know, finding the people that, you know, lift us up and give us positivity. And we all, you know, at, at some way we want to be accepted. And it's just mm-hmm. that's so important right now to understand that, you know, during this climate and this time that, you know, humanity is, is the most important thing. And we have to just love each other a little bit more, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, be gentle, be kind. Like, we're not perfect. And have you ever been to a previous Bust Out Boston festival? No, and I've never heard of it. But now, again, like, doing, doing some research on, on, you earlier and seeing that I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's something that's intriguing to me. So next year, if it comes back around, I, I I'm there. Yeah. I, and research some of the past, the past ones too, because there's like probably videos and all it's, Ooh. it was a great one. They used to hold it at Brighton music hall. Oh, I like that venue too. Yeah. And do six on seven, um, you know, would, would work in collaboration with bust out. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, there's so many dope festivals, man. There was so much, so many great shows, but, but yeah, and um, there's a bunch of live stream shows to catch too. So there's a there's a lot of performances coming up even still because everybody pivoted and started doing you know the live stream the live stream shows. So Red Shades, you have been amazing during this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You're not quite off the hook yet though because I have <laughs> my last question, my favorite question. I ask okay. everyone. What's the favorite one? Favorite one. I call it the dream song scenario. Okay, I'm gonna break it down for you. So I ask every artist that comes on this show, if they could make a song, anybody, dead or alive, who would you have on the song? I'll structure it for you. You get a producer or a couple producers if you want a certain maybe uh, melody from one producer, maybe a, a drum progression from another producer. You can kind of get creative with that. And then you get three guest features. You get a hook and two guest verses. All right. So you get anybody to produce the song and you get three, uh, three guests, one to do the hook, two verses, and you get a verse. So Ooh, I love this. You can have anybody dead or alive. Some people come on and they're like, they rattle them off. Like, I don't know how it would sound. Maybe this wouldn't sound good. Who cares? It's the dream song scenario. It can sound however you want to. So dream song. I got it. Finally not stumped. Okay, let's get right. it. The producer by far will be Timbaland. 
ooh, I think you'd sound good over some Timbaland. And Thank obviously, you. my earlier music had Timbaland S beats, so definitely Timbaland. He's my favorite. Definitely having Missy Elliott on the song. Nice. I'm a big fan, fanatic of Aaliyah. She's on the song. Um, big puns gonna definitely be on the song. Wow, you were. So is that is that three? That's you were yeah you you killed it you were ready for it. That's I was ready because I knew I was like that's who I would love to work with them. That's awesome. I like that. Red Shades featuring Big Pun, Missy Elliott, and Leah uh, with production from Timbaland. That would, now that, oh, that would be ridiculous. That would work. And for sure, obviously, like I've, I've been saying this for, since I was a kid. Well, not, no, not since. I probably shouldn't say that. But looking in, back in hindsight, Aaliyah was like Beyonce before Beyonce or like would have would be if she was still alive like she would be on that level in my opinion like she was doing great she was doing great things the trajectory was just incredible and oh, I, I, I still listen to that try again song all the time it's like I, 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 I literally like go out of my way to like go listen to it like on my I have it like safe like on my old iTunes like because it's not on streaming services and I just love that freaking song <laughs> yeah and you know her Timbaland and Missy were a dream team so Exactly. So you're kind of getting that dream team back and adding in big pun. Yeah, I think crazy <laughs> match made in heaven. No pun intended. So. <laughs> Every once in a while, a bar will pop out of me, but uh, definitely not as talented as you or anybody else I've had on this show. So that's for damn sure. Oh, thank you. The talent is all you guys, but red shades. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Tell the people where they can find you on uh, socials and all that good stuff. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Red Shades. You can find me everywhere at Red Shades 1. That's R-E-D-S-H-A-Y-D-E-Z and the number one. And you can also find everything out that you need to know about me on my website. That's chillinintheshade.com. And that's chillin' with no G. Holla. Love it. Oh, you really, on the spot, just ready for that. <laughs> You're, you're a kill, kill that. I love it. We'll link all that for you guys in the description as well. Make sure you go stream Feel the Aura. If you have not already, you're just, you're just sleeping. If you haven't, you have to go, you have to go stream that thing. We'll link that in the description as well. Red Shades, again, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. Great episode. Uh, if you're a fan of Red Shades and you're just coming on us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers. Hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs episodes, merchandise. We got brand new Right Mind content that is out there that I was talking about a little bit earlier in this episode. Definitely go check us out. Our fans, that you gotta obviously check out Red Shades. You know it's good. And uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much for being here and tuning in to today's episode. I'm Mike. This is Red Shades with the Turntable Teachers. The class is officially dismissed. Turn, 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 turn,